Hi, it's Jason from Dolstonia. Come with me. I'm going to empty a drawer. Yeah, so uh, as I record this, tomorrow is the day that Apple are set to announce all of their phones and tablets for uh, 2019, hoping to uh, tempt us to upgrade. And, you know, I'll admit it, probably be uh, tempted, as I have been in the past, to, to buy new things. But that reminded me, I've got literally a drawer full of broken iPhones uh, that I... Uh, have kept for whatever reason and don't use anymore. Uh, the pleasing plastic iPhone 3GS, nice in the hands. Went running with that once, got it wet, and it died. An old iPhone 4, the back of it's completely shattered and the front has a massive crack in it as well. So that'll be the end of that one. And sitting alongside them, a couple of old iPods, if anyone remembers what they are. They all feel quite well made, these things, but they're all just completely useless now. I, don't, I wouldn't have the the first idea on how to fix them or, or where to fix them and all of these things I'm sure could be made to work with the right knowledge. They're all just sitting there. And really that brings us around to the thought of when your gadgets break. Do you just immediately go out and buy new ones like they want you to? Well, quite a while back um, I found myself at an event organised by the Hackney Fixers in Stoke Newington. This is a voluntary organisation that uh, promotes electrical and electronic repair in Hackney. My name is Sharon Trent and I've brought my food mixer to fix. What's wrong with it? Yes. Well, I tried to use it a couple of days ago and it made a funny noise. So I turned it off and decided to bring it in for the expert to look at it. My name's Steve, and so I'm helping Sharon to fix her food mixer. It seems to be seized up, so it's electrically, I think it's fine, but it makes a strange noise. There's this like kind of mm, hot electrical smell when it runs, and we can see that having taken it apart, we can see that this uh, the mechanism is not turning freely, which is almost certainly the problem. This is about 30 or probably more, 40 years old. So that's, that's really good. Like, get, get, it's pretty good to get stuff fixed and um, not throw it away because everyone expects to throw stuff away now. Is that not right? No, I don't like throwing away things. I like to keep my old things because the old things have better use than the new things. The new things that they're making now is just rubbish. Buy it today and tomorrow morning you throw it away. I'm feeling confident because of the age of the machine, which is a sort of paradox, but predates the end of communism. A more up-to-date technology was also being repaired. I've got a DVD Blu-ray being fixed because the door, wow, the door wasn't opening. No, no, <laughs> and now it seems to be fixed. Obviously we have to plug it back into a TV and, and make sure that it actually works completely before we can be 100% certain it's fixed, but it's... It's, it, theoretically, it looks fixed now. Maybe in half an hour's time, it will be unfixed again, uh, which, which does happen sometimes with these things. So. And over on another table, I find Avril and her broken kettle. About two weeks ago, it just stopped um, switching on and couldn't get it to work at all. It's pretty good getting stuff fixed, it seems. It is, yes, because this I was going to put in the bin, 
happened. I remember about these guys here. So I kept it and I decided to bring it with me along. Nothing had to be bought. You know, it's just a bit of cleaning and a bit of fiddling about with and then here I am. It's gone fantastic, it's been fixed and it's work in working order. It just needed a good clean, the switch was slightly jammed up. That's David Lukes from Hackney Fixers, the man who just worked his magic. It's one of those bizarre fixes where you take it apart, you give it a clean, you put it back together, it works, which are more common than you think. You know, in many cases it is just age, a bit of dust, a bit of corrosion. You give something a good clean, it's as good as new. You're listening to Dorstonia. This week's episode, Fixer Upper, as we talk to David Lukes from Hackney Fixers about repairing the unrepairable. The idea is very simple, that there's too much stuff gets thrown away that's repairable. So we like to fix things and we organise community events where we help people to fix their stuff. So how did, how did it actually start? I've been fixing my own stuff for years anyway, but I never really thought of it as being something that you could make into a service for other people albeit on a charitable basis and what happened was an organization called the restart project who've been doing this stuff for a bit longer what they were doing um they were born out of um some work people had done in africa where they saw that people couldn't afford to throw things away so in many parts of africa people are very ingenious about making do jerry-rigging fixing things that would seem to be completely broken so that they can keep them going for longer. And of course, we've lost a lot of that in this country. And if I can be a boring old fart for a minute, um, my mother lived through the war and she had to make do and mend, as they used to say. Or maybe I've inherited a bit of that somehow. Um, but it's a very sad thing. If you look at how much stuff we get, it gets thrown away these days. Um, one of my least favourite and scariest statistics, they actually measured the number of mobile phones that get thrown away in Europe. Um, that 2012, I have a number for it, is 1 billion. In one year, 1 billion mobile phones get thrown in the, in the junk. Imagine that, 1 billion phones. What does that look like? You know, it's insane. And those were most of them perfectly, you know, good working or could have been repaired phones. So when you say fixing stuff, uh, is this an ongoing thing or do you, do you just do it at dedicated events? Right, we have dedicated events where... And the idea is we don't fix stuff for you, we help you to fix your stuff, okay? The idea is that this then becomes something that you can learn. There are many basic skills that have been lost. For instance, one of the things that really surprised me was how many people don't know how to change the fuse in a plug. No, it's because it's not something you need to do that often. You know? And I'm lucky and I'm old, I'm old enough that when, when I was younger, you had to put the plug on yourself, right? Nowadays, all the plugs are fixed on by law, which is fair enough, but it means nobody understands what a plug does. It's just a magic thing. You plug it in, it works. When it doesn't work, what do you do? Well, you throw it away. And what we're trying to do at Hankney Fixers and the Restart Project is trying to turn that around a bit and get people more in tune with their devices, if you like, get them more, have a better relationship with. Because if you think about this, this paradox where we're all buying newer and shinier, fancier devices, but we don't have a satisfying relationship with them, do we? You know, it's like a one-night stand instead of a long-term relationship, right? You know, you buy this new device and then what happens? Well, within 18 months, you're bored with it. You throw it away, get a new one. Well, part of it is pure consumerism. You know, 
large corporations like to sell us on nice shiny new things. What we like to do is talk to people about their relationship with stuff. Okay? And on a very pragmatic level, there's saving money and being good for the environment. Yeah. And also something that somebody pointed out to me, which is bridging the digital divide. How many people who are on low incomes can't afford a new computer? Right? So we can keep their old laptop going for another year. Well, that's a great benefit to them. Because sadly, these days, you need to be on the web. You need to be connected. Yet, for some people, it's almost impossible. You know, they struggle, you know, to pay the bills to get food on the table. Sometimes with computers, it's a software problem. So we can help with things like that, help people do cheap upgrades of their laptops. We can help people to bridge the digital divide and also make people's lives a little bit happier that way. So what are the most popular things that people oh, want fixed? everything. Food processors. We do get phones, but unfortunately with phones, the standard problem is a cracked screen. And you can't magically repair the screen. You have to buy a new screen. Also, there are a proverbial pain in the butt to fix because if you actually look at the way most phones are constructed, the screen is usually glued on. And so either you have to melt that glue, which is kind of a delicate process in itself, and then carefully ease the old screen off. Also, usually when the screen is broken, it's shattered. So can you imagine what it's like trying to pick tiny glass splinters out? It's not fun, and I've ended up with bleeding hands many times. But we prefer to focus on the more doable repairs. Many electrical devices, the cable, the, the flex connecting to the plug, wears out. Um, a classic one is vacuum cleaners. Because they're being pulled around all the time, the flex slowly wears away with age and both cracks and becomes unusable. And in some cases, you get bare wires exposed, which is unsafe. And it's usually a fairly simple thing to just cut the broken piece off and rewire it. What's the, what's the most surprisingly easy fix that people bring in for you? Oh, well, there's the fuses. Similarly, we had someone who came along with their lovely old mobile phone that they wanted to keep going uh, for even longer, which, of course, we encourage. And he said, it's very faint. People can't hear me. Turned out, of course, it was just mic the microphone had dust around it. Five minutes of work and suddenly... Mobile phone's good as new. So do you think then that um, it, it sounds like, they, ironically, the easier gadgets get to use and the less complicated they seem, people have no idea and don't care how they work, so they just don't, you know, they, they just don't, have any, they don't even take an interest in how they yeah, work. Yeah, correct. And if you look at, for instance, an old-fashioned simple gadget like a vacuum cleaner, it's kind of obvious what's going on. So you can take that apart and you can look at it and you say, well, there's the on-off switch, there's the motor, there's the fan that sucks the dirt and the air up and so on and so forth. And I don't know about you, have you ever taken a mobile phone apart? I've seen pictures of it, but I haven't tried. I haven't got the screwdrivers. <laughs> well, yeah, that's another problem. Yeah, there is a, an almost a fear. I mean, some people literally, you know, you say, well, let's take the back off the laptop. And they say, well, can you do that? You know, it's a magical world. It's... It's another universe. It's not something that we're associated with. Whereas in the olden days, when everything was electrical and very simple, most people knew what the inside looked like because they'd had to repair it themselves or they'd taken it to the guy who, and they watched him repair it. These days, if you do get a repair, it's usually you send it off or you hand it into the shop and the guy disappears with it and comes back or more likely they give you a new one instead. Regarding the screwdrivers, by the way, yeah, that's a problem we have. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but... A certain well-known mobile phone and computer manufacturer actually deliberately invented their own screws. The pentalobe. The pentalobe screw, exactly. And that was 
they say for safety. Now, it's a bit hard to believe because, of course, you can just break the phone open if you want to. You know, you can snap the screws off. But their claim was for safety so that people didn't open the phone up. Um, now, strangely enough, most other manufacturers don't do that. You can use standard cross-head screwdrivers. But yes, Apple famously have the pentalobe screws on many of their newer devices. So you need a special screwdriver just to get inside it. I don't know about you, but until recently, I was used to having mobile phones which you could replace the battery on. You know, pop the back of my old Samsung, or in many other brands, and you replace the battery. Apple don't allow you to do that, right? You can replace the battery, by the way, if anybody has an iPhone whose battery has stopped charging. It is literally about a five or 10 minute job to open up the back, carefully prise out the old battery and put in the new one. But clearly, like, you're encouraging people to get together and pay more attention and actually save stuff, not just bin it. What kind of people come to your events? Is it just a, is it a broad demographic of people? It's ages? a very random demographic. You get the teenagers with their, you know, their games machines. Um, there were a couple of famous um, problems with PlayStations where they would overheat and melt their own solder, which is kind of a bizarre fault, but you can actually resolder those fairly easily. There's another interesting part of the demographic, which is older people who have a sentimental attachment to things. Their old radio, you know, they don't want to lose. It's their friend. They, they live their life with it, you know. Um, they want to listen to Radio 4 on, and so on. And that, there's an interesting aspect of that, which is it's really pleasurable both for the fixer and for the person who's having their stuff fixed or helping to fix it. It's really nice when somebody, you know, they'll have a radio that they've had since, you know, for 40, 50 years and it stopped working. You make it work again. There's a really nice kind of emotional thing happens there where they, you know, their life that they thought had been diminished has suddenly been enhanced again. You know, and it's a really nice experience for both of us when that happens. That's very interesting because you didn't used to get a new thing that was twice as good every year. The mobile phone mm -hmm. started that. That, that massive mm -hmm. acceleration where next year it's going to be twice as good, the same money, throw the old one out. You know, nobody cares about that. Ob yeah. objects anymore have somebody that actually values the thing yeah. they've got it's, a, it's really nice well this is one of the things we're trying to encourage is people to actually value what they've got it doesn't really matter what the thing is you can value anything if you want to you know the fact that there's a billion of these things made doesn't mean that each one itself isn't an amazing thing you know if you do take the back of a mobile phone and look at the electronics in there it's amazing you know one of the things I like to say is again this is an age thing there's more computer power in my pocket now than there was in the world when I was born. That's how much things have changed. And yet there's no reason why they shouldn't still be valued. You know, that thing in your pocket, which you, you know, throw away after 18 months when the new shinier thing comes along, is still an immensely complex, clever, amazing thing. You know, it can do how many different things? That's just your phone, right? You know, it's actually an amazingly complex computer. But you work in IT and you've seen that things have changed. You know, people used to you'd buy bits, you'd upgrade them like a hot rod. I know that. People still do to some extent. They yeah. do, I know. But it, surely it, it cha it's becoming more specialist and the, the mainstream stuff is becoming more hermetically sealed. And Totally, totally. And I, it sounds me. And also, um, something to think about is the demise of Maplin Electronics. Yeah, some you know? of me as well. Yeah, exactly. And that wasn't just about buying electronic components, you know, individual components that you sold into a circuit board. It was also about the fact that to some extent, yes, they did sell complete systems and so on, all the other stuff and toys, but they also sold 
bits and pieces, plugs, sockets, all that kind of stuff. So just by wandering around Maplins, you had a slightly better idea of what, how things were put together. But I actually think they also sold knowledge. I went in for two projects. I needed a transformer box for a Japanese thing that one didn't exist that changed the voltage. Yeah. A man in the shop drew me a diagram, gave me a bit of breadboard, gave me the components, looked at me a little bit scornfully because <laughs> the kind of guy I was that I didn't know how it worked, <laughs> but drew me that and said, go and solder that together. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. And then he did and another time went in and they told me to make something else. So that kind of intelligent yeah. knowledge, yeah. finding it, you're maybe... A, a, a rare resource that you've still got these things well not just me there are plenty of us don't worry there you know there are getting on for a hundred of us in london alone of repairers of repairers yeah in various places yeah um we're a bit of a ragtag bunch you know there's people who do it there are some people who do this for a living still a few of us um there are some of us like me who do it as a passion i don't call it a hobby yeah it's a bit more than that um and there are some people, you know, who help out, who don't know about electronics and electrical repair, but who host events, help out in other ways. So it's not as simple as, oh, yeah, here's a clever guy with, you know, who has this arcane knowledge. It's much more about the structures and getting people together and hosting events in nice places so that, you know, this stuff can all happen. And that's something that really interests me as well, is that Hackney and stuff, people are, are, are really discovering, people are kind of really, oh, you, you've... I met them and they, there's a real organic kind of... Yeah, yeah so very how's that worked out for you guys? Totally well. Um, and also kudos to the council. Um, we've had very good, you know, help, input, funding. There are all these different elements to it. You know, there's reuse, repurposing. Also, Hackney is a place where interesting things happen generally. For instance, it's nice to have re- materials to repair with. I don't know if you heard about Sugru. Yes, I was one of the first customers of Sugru. I backed its Kickstarter. Excellent, excellent, yes. And Sugru is great material. You know, if you've got a cracked case, you know, you can use Sugru to fix it. There's another product called FormCard. FormCard is a a thermoplastic. comes in a credit card-sized piece of plastic, and you can melt it in hot water, and it's sticky. So you melt it, and you can use it to patch up things. So if you like, it's it's a plastic version of Sugru. So that is also, that comes from Stone Newington. Does Sugu come from Hackney? Yeah, yeah. Did you not know this? No, no, no. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. The, the original factory, Tudor Road, I think it is. Oh, wow. Check it out. Yeah, it's, the, it's a Hackney product, yeah. Um, and that's another example of where things go well in Hackney because, you know, you get these, um, you know, uh, the Sugu people have actually been to a couple of our events and, you know, they've handed out free samples, show people how to fix things with it and so on. And... We hope to do more of that kind of thing where somebody's got something local and interesting, you know, we'll bring it along. So, for instance, we started out repairing electrics and electronics. Now we've branched out because there are plenty of other organisations doing similar things. So, for instance, Hackney Bike Workshop you can get it, brakes adjusted, you know, punctures repaired, things like that. We've also got an organisation called the School of Stuff who do furniture making. An organisation called Trade, mm-hmm. T-R-A-I-D. Okay. Um, they have a shop up in Dawson. What trade do is they recycle, up, um, upcycle, repurpose clothing. Um, they're a charity. They're also interested in explaining about what goes on in the clothing supply chain. Trade are trying to teach people about that. But they also, as a result, do excellent clothes repairing. Are these the guys with the crazy shop window? Yes. 
Yes, um, they have local artists do it up and things like that. Yeah, wonderful people. And yeah, they, with their education department, is very good at teaching clothing repair. So they often come along to our events and uh, we have them help people to repair their ripped jeans, you know, um, jazz up their boring old jumpers, things like that. Although it's not so obvious, there are still people repairing things. You know, it's not as economic as it used to be, but people are still trying to do it. Um, the other thing, yeah, the wiki, uh, the Restart Project, what it's trying to do is get everybody to repair their electrical and electronic stuff. So the wiki, just like Wikipedia or anything like that, is just a great big fount of knowledge. You know, it's everything in there, you know, from how to repair a fuse, you know, what can go wrong with electric kettles, you know, what kind of software problems do you get on Windows laptops, you know, what happens when your MacBook is running really slow. Yeah, it's all that kind of how-to stuff. And also general information about how things work, you know, basic electrical concepts, that kind of stuff. So, a huge thanks to David Lukes and the Hackney Fixers for their time and their seemingly endless patience. And indeed to all of this episode's contributors. It's great to hear about so many local resources, all ready to keep well-loved and well-worn gear of all kinds up and running. You've been listening to Dolstonia, a Lartig Limited production. I'm your host, Jason Cumming. No S and no relation. Details and links to all of today's topics at dolstonia.com. If you've enjoyed it, spread the word. Rate and subscribe. It really helps. I think we'll leave the last word with Sharon and her cherished and now working 40-year-old food mixer. After all, it's essential for... Pastry, I juice and stuff with it as well. Stuff with it? You know, fruits, I do fruits and do juicing with the fruits. Smoothies? No, not smoothies, ordinary juice. Like if I got um, pomegranate, I use that, put, put it in there with all the seeds and turn it round. Then you get all the juice off the, the red bits off the pomegranate and then you do have a juice. So fresh pomegranate juice? Yes. That's a top tip. <laughs>